Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn in discovery. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And this is our podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. Alex, my friend, how are you on this lovely morning? I am lovely on this lovely morning. Um, I've been... Trying to become more active in my current slash local slash insert local music scene, work doing more with performing, teaching, and composing. I've also been working on researching different jazz idioms for improv, been getting more teaching opportunities, things like that. Um, Have you heard of lateral drift? No, I haven't. So if I am, let me fact check myself real quick. Um, lateral drift per sig. So lateral drift comes from this book called Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Persig. I guess we'll put that in the description. And the idea is that instead of progressing linearly, so like from, from like, um, geometry to algebra to trigonometry to calculus, it's like you, you go a little bit in a bunch of different directions at once and you kind of absorb different things. Okay. That makes it. And like that, that's kind of been like my natural approach to learning things. Like, but like, I've been wondering, I I guess this might be more of a rhetorical question for later, but you know, as like, I tend to like spread in a few different directions at once for better or for worse. I'm wondering if that is like the best, the best approach for success, you know, like something that I've noticed, like through studying classical guitar and getting to know other people that have been studying it as well they tend to be very just like dead set on that one thing, pursuing just the classical guitar. There's no problem with that. Like they have a very focused approach and just going down one thing, but then you t- they tend to ignore maybe other things that maybe they should know if they want to be a performer. I guess my worry is that by going in a bunch of different directions and not really absorbing enough to learn any, learn as much, learn. I'm not l- spending any meaningful time with things before I move on, you know? Yeah, no, I hear you on that. Um, That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, no, you're fine. Like, it, uh, it's just, so I, I definitely hear you on that. Um, yeah. Basically, for me, like, m- one of my th- issues, I think, is that uh, because I am trying to do kind of certain acts of improvement, mm-hmm. um, I have this issue with, like, I'll sit down and I'll work through a t- tutorial, sorry, yeah. on, like, how to do something that, like, maybe I don't know how to do. But then I then go on to another thing entirely, and so I feel like part of my issue is that like I don't have a real focus yet. Um, so yeah. I, I think something that I'm going to do probably this weekend, honestly, is actually say, okay, I know that I really need to know all these things, but I need to actually like put down in order what I'm going to do and just stick to that. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, so- you know, I'm just kind of running around picking at little pieces, and but like never actually maintaining anything. Yeah. Um, well, something that I've been doing is yeah. like, so like tr- with the idea of like keeping a weekly planner, but I've kept it down to just two days mm-hmm. a week. So that way, okay. So with music, I want to do this, that I want to do these five things. If I can get these five things done over these two days and I can just start that routine over the next two days and just, you know, keep the cycle going as opposed to like, I want to do these 10 things this over these seven days. And then like you end up not doing things because then you'll think, okay, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. And so, right. like, okay, well, I only have tomorrow and today. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, different structure, different folks. Right. I definitely, I personally try and do at least something every single day. Um, mm-hmm. And I think because that, for me, that helps me feel like I'm doing something mm-hmm. um, productive. Because, like, I feel like when I, f- 
for instance, when I first started the semester, every Sunday was just a day that I basically did nothing. Yeah. Um, but now on Sundays, I still at least do, um, like an edit or whatever, you know, uh, and, t- you know, usually we record these on Saturdays. Um, I, we're recording this one on a Monday. So, uh, yesterday on Sunday or the day that before we recorded this, uh, I went to the gym, um, which I've been doing again recently. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like I went like harder than I have in a long while. Right. Um, and I'm actually feeling the effects of it today, but I actually feel Uh-oh. pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it, I actually felt like I woke up better today, um, which Definitely. is good because I'm not a morning person. Me neither. Um, <laughs> something else though, in, in, in talk of, you know, how to get things done or outlining things, I yeah. have started using a bullet journal. Um, I haven't used it as a planner just yet. Like I'm still figuring out like, cause the, the bullet journal, like the appeal is that it's kind of like a creative thing. You know, so you can make it look fancy and make it look nice because it's just like basically empty boxes in a way. Yeah. Um, and so you can kind of create the shapes and stuff like that that you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I have been using it as is something to kind of see how my day went. So like if I had a productive day, I'll mark it green. Or if I, you know, had a day where very early on in the day, something made me mad and like it just stuck with me for the whole day. And I didn't get anything done. I put something down for for, for frustrated or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, definitely. And I've also used it as a behavior tracker. And so, mm-hmm. like, if you look at it, the I'd say probably one of the only two things that has had something on it every single day for the month of October has been um, meditating. Yeah. Um, I've been using Headspace, which has been really fucking great. Um, Sponsors, I, please. Yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, but for real, like, I I, I love Headspace. Um. I have ADD, and um, some days when I'm really having a hard time focusing, you know, if you have, like, the paid subscription, um, which honestly is really absolutely worth it, um, you know, I have something for uh, productivity or for focus, you know, and I can do that, and it's just just 10 minutes out of my time, and then I feel a little bit more ready to go for the day. Yeah. Um, Now, before we get into our presentations, um, I feel like every week we've kind of talked about some sort of uh major uh i don't know what to call it like some sort of major practice or some sort of thing to kind of take into uh, account you know something for people to kind of ruminate on for the week um yeah and uh i figured uh, i'd like to talk about something to you today alex i want to teach you about a little word that i really love uh and it's called psychographics um oh, i thought it was going to be this is going to be set up for like i'd like to teach you about the word asshole no, no, no. Um, that's just more for when we play video games. Um, so, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, so, uh, so psychographics is one of my favorite things that I ever learned about. So, you know, I think, you know, when can you, you have, wait. yeah. Can you, can you use it in a sentence? Uh, I will in just a second, actually. Can, so, can, can okay. you spell it for our listeners at home? Yes. It is spelled like psycho <laughs> and then graphic. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so, you know, when, when when you're looking at, like, TV ratings, right, they very frequently mm-hmm. worry about demographics. Yeah. You know, it's popular in the 18 to 35 market and, you know, 60% male, 40% female, or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but, and, like, that's all good and great. But sometimes when you have especially, like, creative things, those really aren't the things that you want to be looking at. Yeah. Um, psychographics is a very important concept because... You want to bring all the right people to your project, but you also want to exclude the right people, right? Like, and by that, I mean, like, you want to exclude the people who aren't right for your project. 
Mm-hmm. Um, psychographics is basically the behaviors um, or attributes of people that you are trying to appeal to or push away. So, for instance, um, you know, uh, let's say I have a political show, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it leans to the left. That would mean that my psychographic would be Democrats, and I would want to exclude Republicans, right? Yeah. Because, like, I don't want them to listen because, like, it's not for them. Like, they're not going to get anything out of it. They're just going to get mad. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, or, you know, even for us, right? Like, yes, obviously people over 30 can listen to this, but I, I have a feeling that, you know, if you're in your, let's say, 60s, right? You're this show might not. Mark. Well, but I mean, like, this show may not be for you because this show is all about, like, our journey and other people's journeys, really, yeah. to kind of making something of their younger lives. And so, you know, if you're in your 60s, you might not, I mean, you might be able to identify with that to a certain extent, but at this point, it you know, that that's not who you are anymore. Um, I mean, so, psychographics, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I, I guess I'm kind of nitpicking that description there because I feel like, the, I mean, even though, like, the the, the joke is, like, we're, well, I, and, well, the focus is getting onto the Forbes 30 under 30 list, I, right. I feel like that's not necess- it doesn't necessarily mean that anybody who's looking for like hey i don't know what to do they couldn't come to this and be like hey so these this is what these people have done to achieve success mm-hmm. i don't know um no i i hear what you're saying but here's here's a better representation of it right mm-hmm. um just recently you and i um ended up becoming a part of a facebook group that is a group for people who podcast and are fans of my brother my brother and me that's a psychograph, right? Yeah. Like, those are our psychographics. Like, we're all fans of my brother, my brother, and me. And if they have any kind of influence on your show, right, then mm-hmm. that means that, so, you know, at least some of those fans will probably also like your show. Yeah. So, you know, and that's the thing is like, usually when I put in stuff for like advertising or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, tags or stuff, I put in my brother, my brother, and me because I feel like, you know, if you know, that show, then you'll probably like this, considering we've talked about how Griffin McElroy is a huge influence yeah. on this show, and he's a 30 mm-hmm. under 30. So, like, that's, those, that's a great example of psychographics, um, mm-hmm. and that's something that, you know, I think a lot of people could afford to actually sit down and say, am I trying to appeal to, you know, rich kids, or am I trying to appeal to the, the college kid who, you know, has to search his sofa cushions to find enough, you know, coins to buy a McDouble? You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that's very, very specific. What that was kind really of specific, behavior? But I mean, like, it's good to be specific on those behaviors. And you know, when you mentioned like the people that you're looking—not only people that you're looking for, but people that you're not looking for—that made me think of a company where you know you're not only just looking for the right people for the job, but also like the people that are really, really not right for the job. Are you like, talking about it, farmers only? I was actually talking <laughs> about circle area. What is that? It's like Squarespace, but for for the wrong people. Oh, f- fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so let's get down to it. Um, since I went last week, Alex, why don't you go first this time? All right, and I will put this in the form of a 30, well, hopefully 30-second pitch. Yeah, sell, so, me, sell me on your person here, Alex. So, this person has shown time and time again that they are an enabler in the best sense of the word, connecting the right people to recruit 
to create opportunities for growth. Um, well, I'll use the pronoun. She is a graduate of Harvard University. She was actually one of the few people to join Facebook before its official launch. In 2008, she led the marketing team for the award-winning Burma colon It Can't Wait campaign. The goal was to help free Nobel Prize recipient Aung San Suu Kyi. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, it featured many big names, including Will Ferrell, Ellen Page, and Jennifer Aniston. Hope I'm also pronouncing those right. Um, this person became IDPR's first director of digital strategy after a presentation on the future of the di- of digital at this campaign. Um, she is now the VP of digital strategy and is entrusted with helping the PR powerhouse's clients navigate the evolving social and digital media landscape. And she also helped surge Pee Wee Herman's career, which we will get to later. Nice. Okay. So then, who's your person? My person is Miss Natalie Lent-Bruss. Okay. Um, you know, there. I would say the key words that got me yeah. were uh, on Facebook before it, like, officially launched and everything like that. That's kind of a cool thing to me. Yeah. Uh, and also, Pee Wee Herman. Yes. Uh, please tell me more. <laughs> um. Okay, so, well, in the 1990s, Mr. Pee Wee Herman went through a little bit of controversy, so... He was ar- so in a, there were a couple of different occasions. So he was arrested for loitering outside an adult theater, um, doing adult things in adult movie theaters, and then positioned. Talking about you talking about that uh, that one really famous song. Just What's, beat it. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to just eat it. Um, oh, man. And so as a result of this, Toys R Us stopped carrying toys with his name. Um, and Disney had been working with him to put out a movie or like a program on like how voiceovers are done, but that was canceled and his career was just kind of shot at that point. Um, things eventually picked up with him providing cameos and voices for a few movies, including Nightmare Before Christmas and Matilda. Um, but in 2002, he was charged with owning child pornography, but the charges were dropped in 2004. 2000, yeah, well, so. I didn't know it was that bad. Man, well, Pee Wee's so, big felony. Yeah, well, so what I'd read was that he he's an art collector and he buys things in bulk, and he like would specifically say, "I don't want this, I don't want that, I don't want that," but then things would slip through, mm. apparently. Okay, so he wasn't aware that he had purchased this, and then it. Mm, I think so. Okay. I, I I'm not entirely sure, but okay. research. Well, I certainly hope so. Yeah. Um. But in 2004, going forward, he continued to appear in movies and other media. He actually, do you remember the band The Raconteurs? Yes, actually. So he, he was act. I think it was their video for "Steady as She Goes," or it was like a boxcar derby race, and he played the villain. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and in 2008, he hinted that Pee Wee's Playhouse was, was going to get a stage production. So, what where Miss um, Natalie Lent Bruss comes in is that the show sold almost one million dollars worth of tickets before a single dollar had been spent on TV outdoor and print advertisements. Whoa, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And even though Pee Wee's lawyers declared his career dead over his arrest, I mean, the public still saw him in a public light. So according to a Gallup poll commissioned by Entertainment Weekly, of the 500 adults surveyed by them, fewer than one-third thought that Pee Wee's movies should have been off-limits to children. And by 3 to 2 margin, the parents that they had asked had no problem with letting their children watch the shows. So while the public, so the public support was already there, but that's not to say that Mrs. Lent Bruss's work was anything but massive. Right. No, absolutely. So it basically will, she said, it's kind of like laying pipe. So you have like, well, I imagine working with like the same 
in the same forms of media, like you run into certain processes that are pretty similar. So like you, she said, it's like, it becomes something that you're going to use over and over again. And it's an audience that you can bring to different platforms. Mm-hmm. So hmm. yeah. Okay. Man, good for her. Definitely. Um, do we, do you want to go through a little bit more about her? Or do you want to give your, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I, I would like to hear more about like the things that she's done. Great. So she also represents groups such as Facebook, Quora, and Omaze. Um, for those of you that don't know, Quora is pretty much like Yahoo Answers, but they tend to have more thought out responses and questions as opposed to like, <laughs> should I put my dog? It's like, how do you feel about the current socioeconomic climate? Yeah. Like on one hand, you get, you know, uh, you know, hey, how can I get back at my parents uh, other than putting pizza crust up my butt? <laughs> and then on the other hand, you have like these things that's like, help, I can't remember the quadratic formula. Help? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. totally, one's kind of classy, and one's kind of like, a, you know, watching a uh, tire fire. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know the quadratic formula, you're already fucked, basically. That's also true. That was yeah. just the first thing that came to my head. Yeah. Uh, so, with Omaze, there... So I said she also represents a group called Amaze. So they're like a fun, I guess a crowds. Well, I don't want to say crowdsourcing charity group because with charities you're sourcing funds from a large crowd. Um, but they offer once in a lifetime experiences quote. Um, and you can donate to a charity for a chance at something like insane, like playing tennis with Andre Agassi or going to a wine tasting with Jennifer Lawrence and mm-hmm. so many other really cool things. And we could probably do an entire episode about them. Honestly. <clears throat> yeah. I, um, I really do think that they have a cool program. Um, yeah. They did run that was really awesome for like Hamilton, actually, like where you got to see you got to hang out with Lin Manuel for a little bit, and then he would perform that night. I think, if I'm not mistaken, oh, okay. If I I think that's what it was. I think it was like that that night he would go on as Hamilton, and you would get to see yeah. like with him and some of that. So it'd be I thought that was pretty cool. They do they do some really cool stuff, and like I totally mm-hmm. agree with you. Like the experience is like everything. So I guess a couple more side notes. So in 2012, she helped establish the first 21st Century Innovators and Communicators Summit at the White House. It was, quote, an intimate meeting comprised of 20 individuals at the nexus of the media, digital, and political landscapes. So like what I said about her being an enabler in the best possible way, she's creating these opportunities for people to connect and create things that if they hadn't met or like been able to be, well, I, I guess like be connected, that you know, these things wouldn't have happened. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess some more side notes. So, she, as well as getting onto the Forbes 30 Under 30 list, she got onto the Hollywood Reporter's 21st list of Hollywood's top executives, 35 and under. So, that could be another podcast for us. Um, <laughs> and she's also a native of Virginia and is married to Christopher Bruss, an executive of Funny or Die. Oh, that's awesome, actually. Yeah. Like, I have, man, I haven't been on Funny or Die uh, since like my first stint in college but like yeah. <laughs> that's still a really cool thing cuz like that was that was kind of like the late night rabbit hole search for a while. Oh um, yeah. So that's really cool man. Your person's awesome. She is I, and she probably trumps your person if we're being no I don't want to I'm okay, being an wow. asshole. All right. Um, well being weirdly combative today. Um, so a couple more things, and then I'll go into IDPR and why they're so goddamn important. Um, so a couple things you, so a couple of things you could find in her office include a promotional Delta Airlines poster from the 1960s, as well as a framed copy of the fax of Matt Damon's ass sent to Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, side note, this was a fax <laughs> that raised tons of money for charity through Omaze, actually. So just to tie things around a little bit. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. That's still really funny. But. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, like, take, take your child to work, Dane. Like, what's that on the wall? Oh, that's Matt Damon's ass. It's like, why is his asshole so hairy? Don't like, worry don't, about it. Don't look, don't look directly into it. <laughs> the, <laughs> It'll absorb you. The void stares back. Um, so, I stared into Matt Damon's void. Yeah. But the only difference is that Matt, Matt Damon's void didn't blink. I feel like that could be a band name, Matt Damon's void. Oh shit, that is a fucking good band name. Alright, I'm writing it down. Da, 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 da. Welcome we Matt to Damon's Band void. Name Generator. No. Yeah. Um, so, what is IDPR? So, IDPR, they were established in 1993, and they began as a boutique publicity firm, and today, they represent hundreds of clients, including actors, filmmakers, musicians, brands, and they work, well, their goal is to bring the best experience and expertise to their clients to create meaningful results. Um I guess like what we had talked about with P.B. Herman, like bringing back his career, putting him on the stage, or like with um, Stiller Strong, or with what was that? The Stanth Cancer. So things like that. And mm-hmm. I am out of notes, so I'm going to toss it over to you, sir. One second. Give me one second. I just got to do Matt Damon's boy. <laughs> Is that our episode title? Possibly. I was thinking, like, I don't know if it's going to be Matt Damon's Void or Pee Wee's Big Felony, because both of those are very funny to me. Um, well, maybe you could, you could do, like, a, a title-subtitle thing? That's possible. <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Felony with Matt, Matt Damon's, Damon's Void. Void. Oh, God. That would be a really fucking crazy story. <laughs> All right. Hi, Mom! Every hi, time Mom. someone's on TV shows or whatever, their first thing they do is say, Hi, Mom. So, this is our Hi, Moms. Um, so, Alex, who are we talking about this week? So, today, um, our first Hi Mom is about the podcast, State Your Case. So, State Your Case is a podcast that travels the United States of America, talking to representatives from each state and every state in an effort to create a newer, sleeker, more aerodynamic America by an aerodynamic America by cutting out the states that aren't pulling their weight. I mean, we're already 50 states deep. we got to, like, start make, making some cuts here and there. Um, right. Absolutely. Jo- join Looking us- at you, Oklahoma. Yeah, fuck you, Oklahoma. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're okay. Um, yeah. But Montana, it's just like it's just like flat. There's nothing there. It gets dark at like 10 p.m. Um, so join <laughs> us as we create America 2.0 while learning about the unique food, drink, culture, landmarks, history, and sometimes cryptozoology of each state. Listen to the Vermont, New Hampshire one. It gets pretty buck wild, my dudes. Um, where else will you learn that Rhode Island invented sideburns? Where the Colorado Park Service is so insane that they carved slides into the sides of mountains. Um, I actually, wow, I've, I should actually probably go back to Colorado if that's the case. Um, yeah. who else are we hearing about this week, Colin? Um, well, real quick, before I tell you that, I will say that the interesting thing about, um, the thing that you just read is, is yeah. I'm kind of realizing in a way that this podcast is doing something that our president hasn't done, which is make America great again. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> it's making America, well, I guess. By- See ya, Florida. No, I'm kidding. Fuck you, Florida. <laughs> man, we're just really here, alienating. Florida, we're yeah, Florida man. You've done enough. Um. Oh shit. That's who Natalie Lent needs to go talk to. Is Florida I mean, man? Well, I mean, it's not. It, it's kind of like the, the Florida Man Collective. You know. <laughs> Fuck. That's another good band name. 
It's not like it's just one, like, insane dude. Like, it's... We are like, all Florida man. We are all Florida man on this blessed day. All right. So, uh, you, asked, uh, you asked me who we're also hearing from this week, and no, thank you for asking. Um, it's no, from a show... Okay. It's from a show <laughs> called That Tracks. Um, that Tracks is a music discussion podcast with one Rick and two Zacks. God, the bird outside my window is fucking loud. Uh, it's like a book club for music. Uh, every week we Ooh. listen to an album, then get together to talk about it and whatever else comes to mind. Uh, we're on iTunes and Podbean, and you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash that tracks, so you always know what's coming up. Um, I actually like listened to an episode just the other day, uh, and of course I started with the episode that's about Bruce Springsteen, because I fucking love Bruce mm-hmm. Springsteen, and that episode was so damn good. Like, obviously, I nice. haven't had a chance to listen to the whole backlog of episodes, but, yeah. um, yeah, no, like, Bruce Springsteen is my jam, and that episode was really well done. There were actually things that I didn't know about the album or about the lyrics or whatever that I learned from this, and I think nice. there's a really cool, in-depth discussion about it. Um, so, definitely go check out that tracks. Um, nice. Yeah. Hey, Colin, Colin, what's that? I don't know, what is it? Do you hear it? Oh, I think I think it's starting to swell up here. Ooh, I, I think it. we're going right, back. back into the show. Oh, God, we're going back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna set the scene. Okay. So it, it's it's like a really nice hotel, really nice red carpet. Right. We just finished mopping up the Pepsi that I just well, I guess Coke Zero that I spilled over the floor, and now we're in an elevator. Right. The uh, elevator hey, just stopped. The lights the- flickered. The first and thing I'm going to say is, is uh, hey, did you see that guy that dropped his Coke Zero all over the floor? Man, yeah, what an asshole! God, I feel bad for that guy. Um, so let me tell <laughs> you me, about Dick. let me tell you about the person that I'm representing this week. Um, you see, Were you a lawyer? Yeah, pretty much. No, so um, <laughs> let me put it like this: right, very often people find a path in life, and they say, "I'm going to just do that one thing from now until I die," right? Mm-hmm. But every now and then you have Someone who comes out and says, I'm not satisfied with just that one thing. Yeah. Right? So when you need an entertainer, right, you need an entertainer who can act, who can also write, but also maybe someone who has other talents in other fields as well, such as directing or, you know, being a part of video production or even being a music influencer and being one of the strongest musicians of our generation. When you have someone that, that's that well-rounded, why would you go with Johnny No Talent when you could have someone who can do it all? And that's why I'm here to talk to you this week about Donald Glover. Hmm. Tell me so, more about Mr. Donald Glover. I'm, I'm, like, really excited to talk about Donald Glover because his life is, like, pretty buck wild. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes with those, you know, music or entertainment people that we see, you know, you see mm-hmm. some acts that you go... I mean, I think that makes some sense. You know, they've made a splash. Yeah. Uh, but frequently, I think it's people who I really think don't would. Nope. They're, they're people who I don't think would be anywhere without their team, um, if yeah. you know what I mean. Um, and it, that's not like it, you know, it's really a one man or one woman show. But Donald Glover may have a team, um, but I think that he's definitely a completely different story. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that everyone in our generation has heard of Donald Glover um, for one reason or another. Uh, I would say the two most common reasons people know him are from either the television series Community mm-hmm. or Childish Gambino. 
Yeah. Um, now, Donald Glover is actually an influence of mine, um, which is why I was very excited to see him on these lists, because I actually didn't know ahead of time that he was a 30 under 30. Yeah. Um, and I know some people might think, you know, hey, Colin, your music sounds nothing like his. Uh, but I don't so much mean in the way of, like, his music has influenced my music, um, but it's rather more in, like, his, like, his work ethic and his hustle. Um, mm -hmm. I'm definitely a huge fan of diversifying your talents. Yeah. Um, I've often kind of joked that I'm like a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Um, but, uh, that's kind of the difference, uh, here is because like Donald Glover is like a jack of all trades and a master of all of them. Um, so what we're going to do is let me start back here at the very beginning, uh, or like kind of like the first big break, I guess you could say of, of his, you know, uh, career. Um, and I think almost every interviewer has touched on this, maybe. Um, yeah. So his writing uh, in 2006, he had done a spec script um, for The Simpsons. And really? that is actually, yeah, and that's what actually landed him a, a spot in the writer's room for 30 Rock, Ooh. which is another one of my favorite shows. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. And he wrote for the first three seasons, uh, and he actually won a Writer's Guild of America Award for Best Comedy Series. Um. You know, and I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was in season three. Um, it might mm -hmm. have been season two. Um, now, he also made some appearances here and there uh, for, you know, 30 Rock. Uh, but I think his first, like, big acting break was through sketch comedy, uh, which was in a crew called Derek Comedy. Uh, I remember that's that. Actually, that's actually the point in which I, like, first crossed paths with Donald Glover, you know, if, if you will. Uh, yeah. Derek Comedy made a movie, and this might be what you know of, Mystery Team. Did you ever yeah, see that? Actually, actually yeah. so I remember from Derek Comedy, I guess this might be getting a little specific, there's a sketch about the Mad Hatter. Yeah. So, like, this guy, like, starts, he takes up a job at, like, a hat dying, or, I guess, no, I forget, like, the kind of plane, but, like, they made, like, the Mad Hatter hats. And he's, right. like, slowly going insane, like, scene by scene. It's, it's pretty funny if you haven't seen it. Yeah, no, like, their stuff is really fucking good, uh, but, like, Mystery Team, uh, mm -hmm. came out in 2009, and I very vividly remember the text that I got from Austin Antoine saying, you need to come over and watch this movie, and I think we watched it, like, ten times within a week, like, we literally <laughs> could not stop watching it, it's seriously still one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, Yeah, from, like, some very, uh, like, straight-on, like, powerful jokes, like, in the sense of, like, there's, like, a lot of payoff, like, because they built it up, built it up. Um, and then there's also some literal toilet humor. Um, yeah. So, like, it kind of covers the whole spectrum. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, really fucking great. Nice. Um, now, you know, Austin Antoine um, would for kind of forever be, like, my compass to all works uh, by Donald Glover. Uh, a lot mm -hmm. of the times, every time there was, like, something new of his that he was, you know, that I should check out, he would tell me. Um, so Point Dexter came out that same fall of community airing, which was kind of like, you know, like an EP, um, just like something to kind of start off his his music career. Mm -hmm. Um now, whereas uh I could never really get into community though, you know, long term, uh you know, for me, Joel McHale is just he's kind of off putting. Um the, sorry, the bits Joel. Yeah, sorry. But like the bits that I did enjoy of community definitely came from Donald Glover. Mm -hmm. Um and uh I, I want to talk, talk more about the music, but we're going to come back to that because I think that's kind of like the biggest thing for me. Um, yeah. So let me real quick talk about the last two kind of interesting things that happened for him before 2011. Mm -hmm. In 2010, he started doing stand-up comedy, 
Um, and it had some, you know, Comedy Central specials air, um, which I think stays in line with writing for comedy shows and doing sketch comedy. I think that kind of just combines those two together, you know? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, and then this was one of my favorite things, um, that happened considering, you know, uh, Donald Glover. 2010, uh, was the year of a very specific hashtag called Donald for Spider-Man. Um, I'm I not remember sure if, that. Yeah, I was going to say, I wasn't sure if you were aware of that movement, yeah. um, but that was when they were relaunching Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, which would eventually go to Andrew Garfield, which, I mean, at this point, I'm actually almost kind of glad that it did, because I would feel bad if Donald Glover had his name on that project, since <laughs> it went so terribly. Yeah. Um, but what I think a lot of people don't realize, though, is that Stanley was, like, all for that idea, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, had said so, and Brian, uh, Brian Michael Bendis... Um, saw Donald Glover in the Spider-Man costume, and he was like, I would love to write that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you know who Bendis is, uh, but he's one of the big dogs in, like, the comic writing world. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he's written a lot of really great, like, Marvel events series, okay. uh, and wrote some really, really good Daredevil series that I, that I liked. Nice. Um, so that, though, was how Miles Morales was written, which was the Black Latino Spider-Man 2. Um, after Peter Parker died, I mean, that's kind of a spoiler, but like, he's alive again anyway, so it kind of doesn't matter. I mean, um, they're like a million different like universes anyway. So. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like, that was actually really awesome because I've always wished I was Spider-Man. Uh, mm-hmm. and even though he hasn't been able to be Spider-Man on the screen, um, the big screen, I mean, rather, he essentially got to be, um, he actually did voice Miles Morales on like the cartoon, which was really also pretty damn oh, cool. Um, so now let's get real quick. Back to the the main event, um, which is the music side. Uh, now, I know in a lot of interviews, like with Jimmy Fallon or with Fuse, he's talked about the Childish Gambino name, um, which came from the Wu-Tang Clan name Generator. Yeah, um, And that. that is nothing to fuck with. Um, now, <laughs> now, what I really love is that, you know, he was asked, like, you know, but what does that name mean to you? Um, and for him, he was saying that, like, it's really cool because it's... It's like a perfect representation of how he is like a balance of silliness and seriousness, mm-hmm. right? Um, and like, I don't know if, how much of his music that you're familiar with, but his music really is just like that. Like, there's some really kind of silly stuff in there, but then there's some really hard-hitting, serious topics. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Childish Gambino dropped a lot of singles and mixtapes, you know, up until 2011, which is the year that he was awarded the 30 Under 30. Uh, mm-hmm. But late in 2011, that's when Camp came out, which was his first full album. Uh, and it's just, I mean, that album is so damn good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, the opening track alone, Outside, um, is just something that's so different than anyone else in the game in this decade. Yeah. Um, I realize that I'm probably not necessarily the author, I mean, I'm not, I know I'm not the authority on that sort of thing, but I mean... Uh, from like a production and just like literally, literally like the the actual music aspect of it um it's like it's huge you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's really well done um now i know that this roadmap for him is kind of all over the place but honestly like i really dig that you know i appreciate the fact that he has um that he has his, his eggs in a lot of different baskets uh you know because like to, to this day he's still creating music uh although he is retiring the name childish gambino um, but he's still yeah. writing for Atlanta, which is critically acclaimed. Uh, it's won a lot of awards and even stars in Atlanta as well. Um, 
And uh, actually, you know, even though he didn't get to be Spider-Man on the big screen, he also did make an appearance in the most recent Spider-Man film. Hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know where that will necessarily go. Like, I don't know if he's going to be in the next one or not, but he also did land Lando Calrissian in the uh, Han Solo movie um, oh, that's nice. coming out. So I think that's also really cool. But um, yeah. yeah, long story short, though, like, I really, I really dig his path and his career because I'm definitely the kind of person that does a little bit of everything. Yes. Yeah, um, and I really have enjoyed, I mean, like I've always enjoyed watching his stuff, but like it wasn't until I sat down and actually had to like kind of take notes and read through everything that I was like, man, like I really like, I identify with this so much. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that his journey is really, really cool. Um, and so I think there's a lot to, to learn from there. Certainly. Well, and something we'd that uh, we touched on earlier was the idea of lateral drift. So I'm actually right. going to drop this to you so we could put it in the description. So okay. I, I guess with oh, so I well something so that we both do, and I guess that Mister um, um, Glover does as well. So like going in different directions, seeing what sticks, and just progressing in multiple different ways, mm-hmm. which I find. But it's it's nice to see that someone who follows that. I guess I don't want to say ideology because that sounds pretty extreme, but, but someone who like follows that principle, I mean, maybe not exactly lateral, maybe he's not calling it lateral drift, but still the same idea. Like he's still able to find excess and still be a master of what he does. So yeah. No, I totally hear you. Um, and you know, what's interesting is that like it, what, it, what I, I, I heard you mention the name of this book earlier. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until like I actually like saw the picture of it just now that I was like, I've definitely heard of this book. Yeah. Um. And you know, uh, there's another book that I'd like to suggest to to people. Um. Mm-hmm. Man, we're just really putting a lot of books out there. Sorry. Um, guys. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry that you have to read. Um. But uh, more like I, Journey I, Under Book Club. Yeah. That was dumb. That's um, <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, not all of our jokes are going to be zingers, you know. Um, I'm dumb. It's okay. So, uh, there's a book out there called um, The War of Art, um, Mm. which is a really, really good book. Off the top of my head, unfortunately, I cannot remember the name of the author. Um, So, uh, (laughs) The the War of Art (laughs) is about, like, the winning... Sorry, I think the the subtitle is, like, Winning the Inner Creative Battle. It's by Stephen Pressfield. Mm -hmm. Um, I will also make sure... Hang on, I'm going to open this in another tab, so that way I can remember to put that in the description. Um, Mm -hmm. But... It's uh, I mean, God, it's a really good book. Uh, it's kind of short, but it's uh, it, it goes by quickly. I mean, like it's like 170 pages or something like that. But um, everything is like maybe two to three pages is like every chapter. Um, but it's really interesting about how you know, looking at how you know, sometimes we kind of get in the way of our own art and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a really really cool thing and like there's some other um there's some other books of his that are kind of like related um like do the work and turning pro um i haven't read those two uh uh yet but i i've heard a lot of good things about them the event suggested to me um mm-hmm. so i will try to get to this at some point i mean i'm still working my way through these other books yeah. but like uh, i'll get to those at some point but the uh the war of art you know especially if you ever struggle with um with like i i haven't been able to create anything recently you know like that's definitely a book for you certainly um to to read uh and like that actually came 
that book is actually what made me decide, like, I have to do something every single day. Yeah. Um, because part of that was talking about how, like, you know, it is a practice, you know, like, he works from home, but, like, he still gets dressed like he's going to work, and then he sits down from this time to this time, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the only time that he works. Yeah. Right? Because, like, you you have to have some sort of schedule, or else, like, you're going to fall off of it, and it gets very easy to kind of do what you were saying earlier, which is, I'll do it tomorrow, or I'll just do it in a couple hours, and then you forget, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, those are really good, really good books. Um, so, you know, what are some of the lessons that we learned today that we can apply to our journey, Alex? So, I guess going back to uh, Miss Natalie Bruss and um, IDPR, so what I find interesting is their focus. So, they're well, their focus is, quote, rooted in a clear, concise message designed to resonate. And they seek out impressionable opportunities that will forward a client's brand. So I guess this resonates as one of the things that we're trying to do at Achieve with the Scavengers, you know, build relationships with other creators and bring them to a wider audience through interview- interviews and promotion. However, while they're specialized in their intention and have access to many more forms of media, we're a little more spread out in our focus and limited in access. So that's not a bad thing. As you know, we're still exploring different forms of content, but would some kind of focus help us narrow down an audience, I guess, going back to the idea of psychographics, right. and give us the information needed to target the kind of audience that we're trying to get? Right. Um, and uh, to kind of piggyback off of that, mm-hmm. um, it's okay for us to be someone like Donald Glover, which is like, it's okay for us to say, we're going to have very different forms of content here and there right yeah um you know like for instance like yes there's some like funny bits or at least i hope they f- people find them funny um in our podcast but like yeah. there's still a lot of very serious stuff here mm-hmm. um whereas like you know when we do like videos of us playing video games uh it's definitely us just like cussing at each other or at the game and you know kind of getting a little raunchy and rowdy Um, you know, but then we turn around and do culture shock, which is like, you know, very serious toned, um, look at, you know, artists and, you know, creative works, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether it's through interviews or reviews, um, you know, and so like, there's a little bit of something for everyone, I think. Um, and that's the kind of Donald Glover approach, right? Which is like, oh, you may not like sketch comedy, but maybe you like, you know, stand up. Uh, yeah. Uh, or maybe you like, television yeah. right you know and like atlanta i think is also really cool because it is something that combines three things for him acting writing and his music Makes um sense. yeah so like you know like and like his music and other people's music is very heavy and like you know prevalent in that show yeah um and so like you know again like it's taking those things that you're good at and like finding a way to make them work together and work for each other um, Makes and sense. so, you know, I, th- I think that something that we can start to actually, you know, think about though, um, is we have, um, you know, I don't want to like jinx it, but like, there are some people who are interested in, uh, us I'm knocking on wood. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'll knock on wood too. There are some people who are interested in us, um, you know, having like a branch of our network being for podcasts, which is something that like I've always hoped for. Uh mm-hmm. I just didn't really expect it to happen this soon. Yeah. Um but there's people who are there's a there's an interest there. Good. Um and so, you know, we should be able to to take all these things, right? Um that we've learned this week and turn that into, you know, how can we add people 
to our network and, you know, actually like, right. Continue to expand, but also like stay true to ourselves and have them stay true to themselves. You know? So like, there's a lot of, to be learned from these people, from like our prototypes, like, you know, um, uh, like rooster teeth or, um, or, uh, maximum fun, especially like they're definitely a very big prototype for us. So, you know, there's a lot to, there's a lot to learn. And I think that, uh, last week we, or last episode rather, we had talked about, uh, you know, like the, how you can kind of come back from failures. Um, but this week it's all about like how to make opportunities. I think, I think that's kind of like the big, the big thing here, you know, cause like for, for you, Natalie Lent, um, had these people and it was like, okay, how can we make an opportunity to make a big change mm-hmm. in other people's lives um, yeah. and also in our clients' life, uh, really? life or lives, um, such as Amaze or um, um, Peewee. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and yeah. then, you know, go ahead. Also, oh, I'll just finish. Uh, that was kind of all I had. I was kind of okay. looking for something, so go ahead. Okay, well, I guess I guess I'll just take you off the rope there. Um, so, something that I've noticed is that a lot of the luminaries we've talked about have provided some kind of service, whether that be like an insider look at the growing tech industry, or creating like a more open but less legal source for music, but which provided the grounds for Pandora and Spotify to you know prototype right. around something. Um, in other words, they became the intermediary that people didn't know they needed. So what kind of service could we provide? So I guess looking at another way to expand, um, um, what could we provide that isn't currently out there? I mean, it's kind of a basic business question. So, um, okay. So I would say like the, the, the kind of things that we can provide, right? Um, mm-hmm. as, uh, so I know that our journeys are going to be very different, right? Um, yeah. For I, I would say, though, that we are both still working in – in our own personal lives, but then if we're looking at like our work through the scavengers, um, I would say yeah. the, the resources or the things that we can provide are resources um, and uh, a platform. I think yeah. those are probably the, the two biggest services that we can give. Um, mm-hmm. I think podcasts are a great platform that people already have. Yeah. Um, but when you have a network of podcasts, that platform grows tenfold. Certainly. Um, I was actually just listening to a podcast the other day um, called uh, Build Your Network, I think is what it's called. I, I God, I don't know why I can't remember it. Um, give mm-hmm. me one second. I'll, I'll bring it up real fast. So it's called Build Your Network. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to an episode um, where he was talking. Um, so he was talking with Jeff Brown. Um it was, I was listening to an episode that actually came up pretty recently. It was called Podcasting as a Networking Tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking to Jeff Brown. Jeff Brown had at one point been a radio host um, and then now has a podcast and is teaching like a podcasting class in Tennessee and all these other things. Um, but the big thing was that, you know, sometimes when you want to pick someone's brain or if you want to talk to someone for, you know, five, ten minutes, a lot of the times people mm-hmm. won't have that kind of time to give to you if they're very busy, right? Like I'm talking like big industry people. Um, but yeah. if you say, you know, if you say something about having a podcast, a lot of the times they will find the time or put onto their schedule the time to make an appearance on the podcast because there's a difference between talking to someone for five to 10 minutes when you already are way too busy. But yeah. when you have a platform to talk to that person and then also have that conversation 
be heard elsewhere and help others, but also, you know, expand your personal brand, right? That's a mm-hmm. huge opportunity. Yeah. Podcasts are huge. They're free, um, which is a great thing. Uh, and it's a really good resource for people to have because, you know, if you had to read a blog post, right, a lot of people won't read the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. Or if it's a video, sometimes people click away because they don't have time to watch and listen at the same time. But for a podcast, you can listen while you do other things. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, a very big thing, I think, to me is like, especially in today's society where uh, where attention isn't as big, our attention span is not as long as yeah. it used to be. Uh, we're kind of like mm-hmm. on par with goldfish at this point. But a podcast <laughs> can kind of hold your attention because you can do other things while you listen to it. Makes sense. Um, so, you know, I think that um, to answer your question, the kind of services that we can provide, though, are uh, a, a platform which can help create awareness mm-hmm. and make connections with people. Um, I like that. Creating awareness is like the first step in any kind of like marketing plan. Mm-hmm. Um and in this case, I'm not talking like marketing in the sense of like, oh, I'm going to sell you an item. I'm just talking about marketing in the sense of like actually being heard, right? Yeah. Creating an awareness is is very big. That's actually what the Hi Mom section is all about, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you make a connection when people come and listen to those other people or when people come to listen to us. Um, making mm-hmm. a connection is, I think, to me the most important step because um i mean in, in a way yes creating awareness is is very big right um but i think it's like when you make a connection a lot of the times awareness can be created from that as well mm-hmm. because look at my brother my brother and me yeah everyone talks about that show and then they go and tell their friends about it but that's because they made a connection with those hosts yeah um and so i think that in a way to the step the second step can lead to more of the first step. Um, and I think by having a network of people together, you know, much like Maximum Fun does, right? At the end of episodes, everyone says, please be sure to check out other shows on the network, such as Can I Pet Your Dog or Sawbones or, you know, like, and they go through a list of, of shows mm-hmm. um, and they talk about them and, you know, and that helps create an awareness. And especially if it's a show that those people are also in. So, like, if they mention Sawbones, Justin McElroy is in that in that show as well. Yeah. So you already have a connection. So it's like, oh, now I'm aware of it. I'm going to go listen to it. Yeah. So you know, it's just a very it's a very big thing, and um, I think that sometimes, especially for artists, when they don't have the time to make their work their job, mm-hmm. um, having someone who can be there to help give them some tools and resources to maybe have just a little bit more of a chance to make that you know that that work their job that makes sense um so you know so like those are those are things that we can all kind of i think learn from um and in the end you know it for me like this whole thing isn't about i mean it is a little bit about getting our own content out there Mm -hmm. um but i don't want it to be just us certainly um you know, I would love to have more topics and more voices being heard, um, especially those of differing opinions or differing voices in general, you know, yeah. um, like different, um, like different walks of life being able to be heard and, and spread their message. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's to answer. I guess that's the too long. Didn't read. I want to be a resource for everyone, uh, for creators everywhere. Yeah, um, I, want to be I hope that answers your question. So, uh, Alex, what are you going to work on this week? Uh, jack shit. How about you? <laughs> no, come on. What are you going to work on, man? Uh, so it, because I'm still, tr- I'm trying to develop myself more as a musician. You know, I don't really know if I'm going to become the virtuoso that I, I hoped I would become when I was younger, but I ha- I'm in the process of laying the foundations for some kind of career in music. And I'm hoping to continue that through developing more of developing more of like an identity for myself. So developing a website, um, improving my skills as a musician. Cause you know, you can't do anything if you don't have the skills to do it. Um, <laughs> putting more wedding rep together since I'm doing more wedding music and also um, working on more recording while doing more editing and stuff. Since I have a culture shock coming out, um, I've a backlog of videos to get through and yeah. How about you? Uh, I'm going to be working on a few things. So, um, you know, other than the kind of traditional, uh, I'm in college, so I'm going to go to my classes and do my homework like a good (laughs) Michael Palmer. Um, So, hey, Michael. Michael. Yeah. No, that's funny. You said that and I said, hey, Michael. Hey, boy. Um, so, uh, love you, Michael. Um, so the, the things that I'm going to work on this week are, uh, I'm going to actually create that outline, like I said earlier of, uh, of, of, here's the list of things that like, I want to learn what's the order that I'm going to do them in. So that way I'm not kind of drifting between things and never actually, you know, maintaining anything. I'm also going to work on, <sighs> God damn, this goddamn bird that's outside is so loud. We're going to silencing the goddamn bird. I'm also going to keep working on, you know, kind of both my personal brand and like, you know, who I am as like Colin Parker um, and like, you know, like my personal health. Uh, I've been actually doing a diet now for a little while called Whole30. I gave up sugar, um, which has been very tough because I get my caffeine through soda. So that has been a rude awakening on some mornings when I can't quite get what I've been looking for. Um, And, uh, you know, I gave up sugar, gave up dairy. So it's been a lot of chicken and green beans for me, but, um, you nice. know, so uh, honestly, like already my pants are actually a little loose, um, you know, so that's good. Um, I'm going to continue to use Headspace to kind of continue to create a kind of healthier mind and maybe focus some more. Um, and lastly, I'm going to, um, you know, start creating and compiling the resources that we have or can have. Uh, both for ourselves and for others who may want to join us uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's going to be a very big task to do. But, you know, for me, if I'm not busy, I'm literally doing nothing. And for me, doing nothing is is kind of uh, makes me a little anxious. Um, so I'm 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 excited to kind of take on this week with like a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, and creating a schedule for myself is going to be the first step of that. Definitely. And um, what I find interesting, at least between like, well, with each week we do like this, what are you, what have you been working on? What are you working on? And I find it interesting that I guess I'm not to say that like you, I mean, we're, we're both goal oriented. I guess like I'm maybe a little more specific and that's not, I mean, it's not like better to be one thing over another, whereas you're just more like general, like I just want to be better with this, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just find that divide interesting. It'll be interesting to see how we uh, go from here. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I totally get what you're saying. Um, you have, I think because part of it is like, you know, I kind of know a little bit of where I want to go. And, you know, in the first episode, you mentioned that you are still sort of trying to figure out figure you're still trying sorry, to figure out that path a little bit. 
Yeah. So for you, you have to do almost more specific things because it's like, let me see if this is going to be something. Yeah, I have definitely. to. I have to see where this part leads me. Yeah. Um, because if you're looking at broad things, you're just kind of flitting around, like we were talking about earlier. Definitely. Um. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good spot to leave it at. Um. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, please be sure to check out our other shows here on the Scavengers Network, such as Culture Shock, our news, reviews, and interview show about the arts world. Actually, um, I sat down with. Tristan and Dustin of the Ultimate Showdown podcast. They're with uh, Gumby Cat Networks, and they're a pretty good show to check out. So hopefully this will be out by the time this goes up. Uh, I th- I think it will be, yes. Awesome. Um, so you can find those videos on YouTube uh, at the Scavengers Network, um, but you can find me personally on Twitter at Colin M. Parker. You can also find me on Twitter at A-T-A-Y-L-0. So it's like Alex... Taylor, sort of, but... But without the R, then with the zero instead of the... Yeah. Um, Thanks for joining us here on Journey Under 30. Once again, I'm Colin Parker. I'm Alex Taylor. And I'll see you on the Forbes listings. And I'll see you in my dreams. (laughs) 